0: Hello and welcome to another Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims and uh, Charlie, 50 seasons of Admirals hockey going into season 51. We've had a lot of players, a lot of people involved, uh, a lot of captains. And today we had another captain. He's uh, former Admiral Joe Piscula. Joe, it's good to see you. It's good to talk to you. Uh, how's everything going for you?
1: Pretty good. Uh, as, as good as can be in our, our world right now. But uh, it's great to see you guys too.
0: Yeah, it, uh, it it is nice. You, uh, it it's strange, right? Right now, I mean, you, this is your first season not playing hockey at a high level since you were probably like four years old.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've I've been playing for like thirty three years or something. It's insane. <laughs> Where um, what do you remember? Like, how did you, you're for, like
2: you're the first guy that I remember playing for the at like we had guys that were from, you know, played at the University of Wisconsin, or had some, you know, ties to the state and whatnot. But like, I feel like you were the first guy that we had that was like homegrown, right? So like when when you got traded from Calgary to Nashville, like that was a big deal. That was a big deal for us. Like we, uh, so to have a guy who was born in the state and like played minor hockey in the state and went to the University of Wisconsin, that was, that was so cool. Like, I don't know if you think of yourself as sort of like a, you know, a, a pioneer, if you will, a guy who goes pro. Even though we've had plenty of guys have gone pro before you from Wisconsin, and but uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just laying it on a little thick here because you are so nice to me. But uh, uh, <laughs> it is a little thick. It is a little uh, thick.
1: Uh, I always loved you, Charlie.
2: <laughs> but just give us an idea of uh, of how you got started in Anago and and. and Anago uh, youth hockey and
1: all that good stuff. Yeah, it's uh, well, my dad was a wrestler, so it's a stretch that I well, even played hold hockey. On.
2: Not a WWE wrestler.
1: He wasn't <laughs> on the circuit with the uh, the Von Erichs or anything like that. No, he's he's a big guy, but no, he he didn't he didn't make it to the big stage, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my mom's good friend her her son was playing hockey, and uh, I think that was my my segue into hockey and um yeah and he goes to small town so like you said there are a lot of born and bred wisconsin guys who've done really well and played long careers and are still playing um but to your point about coming to milwaukee and you guys being excited about me in like a different way i felt that and i i had that feeling too like uh I don't. I don't know if it's common to have that kind of pride to play for an AHL team like I had for for the Admirals. I thought it was pretty special to, yeah, just to come home. Uh, and maybe it was later in my career that I was a captain and I, I was still a prospect for Nashville. But I was. I mean, you played games with Nashville, right? I did, but maybe maybe to the point that I was. A steadier admiral, um, more concrete admiral than some of those other Wisco guys. Right. Maybe that was uh, why it felt the way it did. But kudos to to Milwaukee and admirals. Like, I feel like that was extra special for me, but I feel like a lot of guys felt that way like the pride in the organization and the city and um, loved playing there. And you don't always get that, especially in the why? age. Why?
0: Why did they feel that way? Why do you think they felt that way? Or what? What were your conversations as to why you felt that way?
1: Um, I think part of it's the the history that they've been that you, the admirals have been around for so long. Like you touched on at the beginning of the show, of fifty years. Um, it's a, a staple of the community now, and has been for a long time, and. I don't know if getting us out in the community, um, you know, going to the Brewer game as a team, uh, getting the chance to go sit on the floor at a Bucks game, like all these things
0: make you fall in love with the city and, and the team. I'm not, not to disrespect any of the other places you've played, Manchester or Abbotsford or – or anything like that and, and obviously maybe you're not the right person to ask but because of your being from Wisconsin but did you sense that same kind of feeling in those other communities you were also a younger man at the time too so maybe that was part of the deal as well
1: yeah no um, I feel like playing in those other cities it felt like a, a stepping stone you, you don't want to be there you want to be in the NHL you want to see it as temporary. It's, uh, but then I know other guys felt the same about Milwaukee that weren't from Wisconsin that will say that it, it felt like home and a place that they enjoyed living. Which yeah, it is. It is unique.
2: Yeah, let's go back a, a little bit to to Antigo. How how do you end up? You know, uh, back nowadays you know, there's, there's so many AAA organizations, but back, you know, 20 years ago or so uh, there wasn't a lot of AAA options for a guy who's a kid who's excelling at, uh, at hockey. So talk about how you end up at the university of Wisconsin from, from Antigo.
1: Yeah, no, there, there were only a handful of AAA teams back then. And, um, you know, maybe that was a good thing. Maybe, not making a couple of them was a good thing for me you know because not everybody made a triple a team back then like like they do now Um, right so yeah there was there was teams where i maybe just missed missed the cut or barely made the cut and that maybe kicks you in the ass a little bit and makes you makes you work a little harder it's not just given to you um but fortunate that there were at least some and got to play at a higher level Uh, coming out of Antigo that's the only way you're going to get noticed. Um, I mean you could be good in high school but if you didn't play on triple A teams like Team Wisconsin if if that hadn't formed shortly before I started or played on it I I don't think I would have had any looks because that was my big exposure.
0: So Did is you, that where your teammates, like Jake Dowell and, and Joe Pavelski, is that where they got discovered as well?
1: Um, somewhat. I would say Pavelski. Um, Dowell was on the uh, U.S. Development Program Arbor, yeah. radar. I don't, and I don't know how he got on that. I think um, there was like Waha camps and teams and the Central District, all, the, all those things. Um. But yeah, Team Wisconsin was a big one for for a lot
2: of us. Did, does did Anago have a high school hockey team? Do they or do they and do they now?
0: Yeah, come on, Charlie. <laughs> I, you know <laughs> what? I, actually, do you? I you have no reason to remember this, but you were fairly young at the University of Wisconsin, and you had siblings that played on the team that came down and i saw you you guys were the badgers were flying out later that day it was the it was the practice day it was the wednesday i think at uh, at the coliseum yeah and i was there to get interviews and just the co- you know depending on how far away that's when your practice time was and all of that stuff and anago was in the state tournament that year so that's probably what oh 0- oh four oh five maybe yeah uh, that I season and, and i, I saw now. you there obviously you were there to 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 see your family
1: yeah yeah my brother and sister were both on right exactly
0: yeah oh is
1: that right yeah um and actually Goat won the state tournament in 93 and they were runner up in 97 so for a small town that's 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 pretty pretty amazing Yeah, yeah,
2: especially with the Wausaus and the Stevens Points of the, of, of the world because Team Wisconsin is not like a – they're a AAA organization, but it's a wraparound. Uh, so, like, you right. play high school hockey, and then in the spring and the fall or the summer, then you're playing with Team Wisconsin. So, you actually go back to high school, which I think is, is lost nowadays, is that, you know, kids are playing junior admirals or they're uh, on the, in the mission program in Chicago or wherever – and there's something special, I think, about high school sports, like playing together and growing up together, thing, playing yeah. for your team and, and trying to win a state title. So I think it's awesome that, you know, that, you know, you might have had to have that chance. Like there wasn't other there wasn't another option, but that you did play uh, high school hockey and you, and you developed friendships that, uh, that continue
1: on. Yeah, for sure. And there was definitely a lot of pride in yeah, your high school team and most most high school teams throughout the state um and, and maybe junior admirals stuff like that year-round triple a if you're from milwaukee that's pretty good but if if you're having to leave home at 12 13 14 years
0: old that's
1: yeah that seems it's, uh, a, it's pretty, insane
0: yeah yeah and that's why your story is is so unique it was even unique at the time joe in the fact. I'm looking at the the recruits and a lot of them have committed orally at 14 and now there's a rule. I know you can't do it before 15 or 16 sophomore year in high school or whatever it might be, but, but you didn't have the, the, at least with the Badgers anyway, to to end up in the university of Wisconsin, that didn't happen for you until you were able to vote, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was a, I was a late bloomer, I guess. Um, so yeah, I had to Hold on, When you just, when, when you say you were a late bloomer, does that, do you
2: mean like you were a late bloomer from your hockey skills? Like you really developed at 17, 18, or just like you were a skinny scrawny kid that was, you know, uh, six feet, 160 pounds, like so many other kids.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think a little bit in both, both ways. Um, I didn't grow until probably my junior year of high school. Um, so I was, I was smaller, like, my freshman year. And I played varsity my freshman year of high school. But, uh, yeah, I don't think I I learned the game until, yeah, I was 18, 19 years old. And obviously learned a lot at Wisconsin very fast. Um, some great coaches there. But, yeah.
2: Before you got – oh, go, go ahead, ahead. Charlie. I was Go just going to say, before you got to Wisconsin, though, you played a couple years in the in the US League. So you got were you were you drafted by uh, Chicago?
1: Yeah, I, I um, was drafted by Chicago Steel, and then pretty quickly I got traded to Des Moines, and then I was in Des Moines for like a year and a half. Which that's that's fun when you're 18 years old to get traded. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, when you're this little. Scrumming uh, kid from Antigo, Wisconsin. I know. I I, I think about Living that to the big city of Des
2: Moines. Going to yeah. big city, right? <laughs> Which <laughs> I, I I mean, as an aside, I love Des Moines. I think it's a yes, fantastic I city.
1: I do too. Um, yeah.
2: but I I think of that in the uh, in the Canadian junior leagues. How yeah yeah I, I don't think you can be traded as a sixteen year old, but you can be traded as a seventeen year old. Like it's it's wild that. A kid from, especially in the Western League, a kid from Winnipeg might end up in Vancouver, but then gets traded back. Like it's just, it's insane yeah. that they put kids through that. See, yes, see, into the U.S. or out, out onto uh, back to Moose Jaw break. or Maybe something. I don't
1: know. US, like, yeah, you grow up, you grow up quick doing that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So when did you, were there other schools? Did you always know like you're a Wisconsin kid? I want to go to Wisconsin. Was there any other uh, college hockey in the picture for you?
1: Well, of course. I always wanted to play for the Badgers. Yeah. Right. My, my mom and I were sending Troy Ward letters like my senior year, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just making a connection uh, and, and it, it must've worked, but um, you know, you don't know that's going to work out because obviously that's an awesome hockey school to go to. So I was looking at Mankato, Bemidji, Ohio State, um, but yeah, that that was definitely my dream to, to play for the Badgers.
0: Well, all fine programs should be pointed out that they were all Division One programs. So there was a good chance you you're going to play Division One hockey anyway. So despite being a late bloomer, as you said, you're still going to play Division One hockey.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. But at the time, nothing compared.
0: <laughs> I've, I've asked you this before, and I was doing Badger games at the time. Tell me if – I, and, I, and I think you know where I'm going here. The story we – I was always under the impression is that you were going to split time with Josh Engel to start the season for the Badgers on defense. You were a young player, and they had – some old uh, Ryan Suter was there, I think, still maybe, and and all of that. Uh, I could be wrong on that. Actually, was no, I don't. Back, he was
2: a Suter, a, Suter was been a year uh, after because he played yeah, for us in yeah, 04-05. It,
0: were, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Uh, so anyway, uh, but but Josh had a scooter accident, and you <laughs> ended up being you ended up being in the opening night lineup, and you never, and you never left.
1: Yeah, uh, um, is, is that is that is that well, right? I think actually when the season started, I, I kind of had solidified myself as, as, uh, in, in, but there was kind of a battle, a friendly battle between me, Josh Engel and Davis Jouiski. we are all the same grade, same, similar defensive, like defensemen
0: or all left-handed shots. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think the first night Davis and I were in and, Ingle was slotted to play uh, the Saturday night game, the next game. And on his way home from morning skate, yeah, hit, hit a squirrel with his moped and crashed. <laughs> yeah, you can't even make that up.
0: And had road rash and yeah. Yeah,
1: it broke his wrist. Oh, yeah. Jesus! Yeah. And then uh, that was that so the friendly three-way battle was over (laughs) it was
0: was over as soon as it started yeah yeah well and 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 it works out really well and i that that freshman year your freshman year there was such a good team um but then it's the next year that everything just clicked and you end up winning of all places at the bradley center you win the national championship with that team that that had to have been just amazing
1: yeah yeah it's like again, you can't make this stuff up. But we we never left the state of Wisconsin through the whole right. run.
0: Green Bay, yeah,
1: yeah. Regionals in Green Bay, and then Frozen Four in Milwaukee. Um, so we we did it all in front of home fans. I I
2: I mean, you were hurt though for the Frozen Four.
1: What what had happened to you? I I broke my ankle um, blocking a shot, and I was. And I was when so when close. was that? so I missed, I missed all that. Um, I think it was maybe a month before the championship. Okay. So I was, I was starting to skate with my ankle, like pretty much in a cast still trying to get out there, but right. Um, I wasn't ready. So unfortunately I, I was, uh, in the stands at the Bradley center when we won it, but, Sometimes you just like to leave that part out. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, just the other night, we, we see Stamkos. He's been being a cheerleader more than anything here, even though he, yeah. he got in and scored, scored a goal, goal. on oh. five shifts. But, uh, yeah. yeah, he's he's been a cheerleader more than anything. So, so there's, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. You're still part of the team, right? Oh, of course. And I, I,
1: especially when you you've been a part of the team for almost two years and, yeah, most of the season and – yeah, it's, I, I still felt like part of the team, and I still got to celebrate like I, I wanted. Like you were – yeah,
2: absolutely. <laughs> exactly
1: right.
2: I, I, I actually contend that, that that the ticket for the Frozen Four in Milwaukee you know, 0506 was maybe the most difficult ticket to get at the Bradley Center that I can think of. That, like, I had, like, I, uh, I, I had general managers of NHL teams, like their assistants calling, saying, hey, can you help us get tickets? Uh, and I couldn't, that was a thing. Like we didn't have, we were, we were, you know, tangentially
0: involved. Go ahead. You, you, I was going to say, you give yourself up though, right? Like all these buildings, you give yourself up to yes. whether it's the, the, the primaries, the, the presidential primaries coming to town or whether yeah. it's it, specifically the NCAA in this case, you give yeah. yourself up. Like they're using your building, but it, it ain't, it is, it is, it is
2: sure. not. Yeah. We play hockey there too, but the NCAA, they control everything. They control everything. But, and, it, and it was worth it, right? I think we were in San Antonio, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, We were. Yeah, we we were.
0: Yep, the Admirals finished that season, regular season in San Antonio. I remember doing an interview with Brian Posick from my hotel room in San Antonio for the, <laughs> for the Admiral Center Ice radio show because th- that's, that's what was going on.
2: Because we, we were there, yeah. so.
0: Uh, in addition to winning a you uh,
2: a uh, NCAA title at Wisconsin, you also won another award, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and that was for best hair on campus. Is that, uh, <laughs> is that not right? Of course, you find that, eh? Bring it up. <laughs> you know who? Yeah. You know who? You know who told me that was Dave Randolph came in with the uh, with your picture and like uh, I don't know, like you know, mo- hair most likely to succeed. blonde
1: hair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, too bad this isn't like a, a a video blog and you could you could pop up. <laughs> well, I, I
2: I'll put a link to it in the uh, sh- up, yeah. yeah in the show description when we post this. I will uh, I will certainly find that link because it's uh, if you just Google Joe Pescula hair, I'm sure it's uh, it it pops right up. But tell <laughs> yeah. tell us about that.
1: It was a it was a, a tight race between me and some soccer player. Um, soccer player, practicing. come on! Yeah. You'd have had to quit if you had lost to the soccer player. You're done, right? Yeah, I, I, I had a mop though. It, <laughs> it, uh, I don't think I had a haircut in like two years, but got a lot of attention. <laughs> yeah, so,
0: those yeah. Are the days, man. Those are the days like you wish you didn't have to wear a helmet. Yeah. Uh, if you could yeah, feel just... comfortable, just let let it flow like Ron Duguay did. <laughs> let it fly <laughs> in the air. Did you yeah. have to
2: wear did you have to wear helmets during warmups? Yeah, yeah in college. Oh, all the time, yeah. yeah. I don't remember when they started requiring that at our level. Um it it was I assume it, it's been a while. I mean it, it it's not been 20 years cuz that's how long I've been around, but it's been yeah. it's close.
1: Yeah, a few players got hurt. I think especially in the NHL during warmups and then they started cracking down. But yeah, I had to Make sure that hair was long enough to get out the back of the helmet. At yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: if it just happens to get flipped off during play, you know, all the better, right?
1: Yeah. Maybe even help it a little bit. You know? Yeah, right. Just, uh, <laughs> you know, just Like stretching. you're running the bases, your yeah. baseball yeah. player. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Flip it off.
2: So <laughs> it off. a guy you played with at Wisconsin and, and you had said before we came on here battled quite a bit as kids was uh, uh, the, the pride of Plover. Was Joe Pavelski, who's playing for a Stanley Cup five, or a Stanley Cup Championship, which would be his first in I don't know 1,500 games in the NHL. You keep in touch with uh, with Joe at all, and uh, I'm sure you obviously you're, you're cheering him on.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, we we're in a group text together with a bunch of hockey guys, um, so we have a bunch of stupid banter in there. But um, yeah, we. We battled uh, a lot growing up. I think he would probably say I was just annoying, and he was he was really good then. My coach would tell me to go out there and shadow Joe Pavelski and <laughs> make sure he didn't do anything. <laughs> quite, quite a job. But uh, we yeah we also played together in the summers on a few teams and Team Wisconsin and um, yeah it was, we go way back. So I man I would love to see him him win it and he's he's doing unreal he's got like 10 goals in the playoffs right now so
2: right for uh I I mean he's is he a year older than you how uh so he's you We're know almost exactly the same age both July 84s July 84 okay well don't uh, yeah. so that's 38 years old I I don't want to make you feel old but you know 30,
0: 30 yeah well math. 36 yeah 36 36? it would
2: be yeah oh it's not 2022 yet okay sorry yeah.
0: <laughs> Charm. <laughs> oh, sorry. so My apologies. <laughs> you win the championship, uh, as you said. You're not on the ice, and then then the next year, you sign to become a pro and finish the end of the 2006 seven season in the NHL with the LA Kings. What made that the right time to go for you?
1: Oh. It's a good question. It was it was such a blur. Um I can imagine. And I have
0: to imagine you were being courted by a lot of teams at that time too.
1: Yeah, well, lucky for me, didn't know it at the time. Um, I never got drafted, so right. I was a free agent. Free agent. That that was uh, such a blessing. I had so much interest from many teams uh during my junior year, and I think just the fact that I, I had so many opportunities at that time, I couldn't take the, the chance of playing another year and either getting injured or having a bad year. Um, and the opportunities that I was being presented, like to go to LA and play right away. in, in the NHL, like uh, it's pretty hard to turn that down.
2: So that, that is something that they said to you that we want to bring you up right now. And we want you to make your NHL debut.
1: Yeah, and when I signed, I think they said I would get one game for sure. Right. Uh, I think there was six or seven left uh, in the season. They weren't going to make the playoffs. uh, And I ended up playing five, which was great. Um, You know, so uh, I had other teams I was definitely very interested in, but I thought the opportunity was the best there. Uh, But what you quickly learn is when – there's a lot of opportunity at the end of a season they're they're probably going to sign a bunch of guys yeah <laughs> so we signed jack johnson and alec martinez and jake muzzin like so they just acquired like a ton of talent in that rebuilding that offseason phase there. Yeah. yeah davis davis right. um, so i quickly got a lot of competition
0: well, and you were, and you mentioned Davis too, but you were also in Manchester with Jeff Likens, who you were a teammate with at Wisconsin as well. So there was a lot of Badger flavor there.
1: There was, yeah. Jeff, Jeff played uh, one year in Manchester before going to Germany. Um, and he's been in Germany ever since. Still there. Wow. So uh, t- tell us
2: about, we like to ask every guy who comes on here, we like to ask them about their first NHL game. So, in your case, it's most guys, it's like a rush. It's like, it's a whirlwind. It's after morning skate down in the minors and then someone's gets hurt or can't go up in the NHL. And it's like, get your stuff. And you miss, you know, you show up, uh, for the meeting and you, uh, at, uh, at five o'clock and you're rushing in your shirt and tie. So, but it wasn't like that for you. You would have, you'd have had a little bit of opportunity to, to be, to prepare and to maybe get your folks out there for the game. Where was it? Who was it against? And what do you remember
1: from it? Do you, are you setting this up and you know? or No, I
2: have, I have no idea. This is not a setup. I swear to God. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> it's it's pretty good. Uh, so I flew out to LA. Um, it's like you, you'd see in, in the movies uh, with my agent. Uh, <laughs> we went out there, signed, had a couple practices, and then flew right back. To Chicago my first game was in Chicago oh really um, yeah uh, my agent flew back on the team plane with us like <laughs> ridiculous um, and then got a taste of everything you know like flying on the plane NHL style and being in the hotel and team meal up there is just like eye-opening and awesome and obviously close close to home uh, so Lots of family and friends got to come. Um, did you have to pay for paying... their tickets i don't i don't think so no i don't okay. i probably I was
0: i didn't have a clue. I probably made them pay for their tickets I was gonna say, <laughs> and you know what you know what though at that time, Chicago stunk. They were terrible. To get people to get people in the building, seriously, I was at a game. In 06, it was the, the lowest. They announced like 7,000, and there's no way there wow. was 7,000 there. But that's, that's, yeah. the, that's the era they were in. It was right before they got I I,
2: I, I was at a game in Chicago one time where – there were so few people there that they had, there was two guys yelling at each other from across the ice fans. Like they were like having little chants back together. And that's all the people weren't even paying attention to what was happening on the ice. They're listening to these two guys go back and forth. And it was actually sort of amusing, but anyways, back to your NHL debut.
1: Yeah, that is crazy. And it's crazy how fast uh, that changed in Chicago. But I think uh, that was maybe Tave's first year. So it was, it was still bad when I played my first game, but starting to get a little better. Um, yeah, and then on the same road trip to Chicago, my, my second game was in Minnesota. So, um, Oh, geez. Yeah, pretty convenient that I, I played in the two closest cities to home.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, yeah. I, look at, I, I look at the roster of that, uh, of that
2: Kings team, and there's a, there's a little bit of Admirals flair on there. Marty Murray was on that – played on that team. I don't know if he was there at that time. He didn't play a ton of games. And he only played for us for, what, Aaron, about uh, 20 games or so? I'm not sure. At the
0: end of the season, yeah, after the the, the clear day deal, uh,
2: yeah. Yeah, right as, right as Ivanins. Yeah. Uh, who, the beast. The, oh, my gosh. This guy was just <laughs> – I mean, his oh. fist his fist is as big as my head.
1: Yeah. I think I put him in Milwaukee, too, Um for a brief time, but when I played with him in LA, like you should have seen this guy, like yeah, two hundred and I don't know sixty pounds maybe, and chiseled like right, it was crazy. He, he played for us on this on our Calder Cup team in 0304. yeah,
2: and uh, and he was just a, like he's just an enormous enormous individual.
0: Still, still lives in Rockford, by the way.
2: Yeah, yeah, still I, he used to come. To, I, I don't know if he had an affiliation with the Ice Hogs at all, uh, but he would he'd come here when they, uh, to the Bradley Center at least a few times. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, Jamie Lundmark was on that team, one of my least favorite admirals of all time, if you're curious. Uh, not a lot of them. Not a lot of guys that I didn't really get along with, but he, he, he was one of them. And I'll tell you who did not like him uh, was Lane. Uh, Lane Lambert. They didn't, uh, didn't exactly see
1: eye to eye. Uh, but, uh, so it goes. Yeah, I, m- I missed both of those guys, I think. Did you? Yeah. Uh,
2: so, then you go uh, to Manchester for uh, for three seasons. And you guys have some pretty good teams out, uh, out in Manchester.
1: Yeah, we had some really good teams. Probably that didn't uh, do as well as we should have. I think one year we went to the semifinals. Uh, but we had a lot of good players that have had really good – long nhl careers um like trevor lewis brian boyle jonathan quick jonathan bernier um, matt molson boy I, i could keep going like on and on and a lot of those guys uh were Stanley Cup winners with what the Kings.
0: Exactly.
1: A lot of right. They sort of were, were the
2: teams basis teams. with the, you know, the the Dustin Browns of uh, and Jonathan Quick was, uh, you know, called a uh, Stanley Cup uh or the Con Smythe winner, wasn't he? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh,
1: but yeah, good team, good, like, camaraderie there. I would say um, we talked about Milwaukee and uh, the sense of home and the pride there there was it wasn't the same in manchester but that that team there was was pretty close and and you and, and that was a good drawing team that team had good had good attendance there right yeah it was it was a pretty good crowd yeah fun to play in front of
0: they did one of the more one of the more interesting things it was the admirals came to town it was the one time that i've been to manchester uh, on a swing where the admirals played Manchester and Providence Providence, yeah uh, and, and you were playing there for Manchester um, and they did uh, between between the periods during intermissions, um, they rolled out a carpet at Center Ice and they brought out a stand up comic, and he did really? he did eight to ten minutes worth of material, and then they brought the Zamboni out, yeah, so they had <laughs> a, a family friendly comic come out and just riff. And then uh, yeah, that the game we were at anyway. Oh, so um, was he, was yeah. he any good? Uh, you know, honestly, I, I, people people chuckled, I suppose. I mean I can't imagine that's the easiest crowd oh, to, tough, terrible to deal crowd, with, right? right? I mean people are getting yeah. up to go to the bathroom or get a beer or a coke or whatever. And yeah, yeah So but maybe but,
1: just but, heckle everyone who gets up and, and leaves during your that's just it during, during it, your session. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
0: don't know. I don't know how you I don't know how you develop an act at center ice of a hockey rink when the Zamboni is going around, but <laughs> it, you know, it, it, and today uh, that is, that man is Louis CK. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <no. laughs> uh, wait, what? No, it was, it was something else. It, it yeah. was, it was, Manchester it was, it was neat to go to a place where we had never been is the point, I guess. Yeah, that's, for sure. That's the cool thing about it. And I know when you are in Manchester, yeah, you, you came to Milwaukee, but I think that was the aberration. You probably stayed put there most of the time, right? Everything was East Coast.
1: Yeah, for the for most part, um, and everything's so close out there. A lot of yeah, a lot of short trips. Yeah. Which which then
2: goes so you uh, you play three years in the Kings organization, and then you're off to uh, Calgary and the literally the opposite coast of the continent, right? Out to no. out to Abbotsford, uh, but you're going to play for a guy who is Troy the one who recruited you, or you sort of recruited Troy, uh, you know, right back from in the day. back in the day. So now Troy is the head coach, and Abbotsford is that what is that was that the draw for you to to, to sign with Calgary?
1: Yeah, well, actually, um, I think I kind of wore out my my welcome. Or, I didn't, I didn't have a great third year in Manchester. Yeah. I was, I was average. Uh, So then it was a contract year and I had a little trouble finding a good spot. And Troy was the assistant coach in Abbotsford and I signed an AHL deal there. Oh, it was
2: an AHL deal. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, actually before that, here's a, here's a good story. I started, uh, I went to training camp in Philadelphia just because my, agent got me a, a training tryout yep. yeah try out. basically just to go to a training camp and be ready for the season then i was going to sign with uh, oklahoma um an ahl contract i was flying there i landed their gm picked me up take took me to the hotel and while I was at the hotel i signed with abbotsford the GM came, picked me back up, took me back to the airport, and I flew to Abbotsford. <laughs> huh, that's got to be among the most awkward drives ever, huh? Oh my God, yeah. Or <laughs> actually, I, I think I flew to Winnipeg because Abbotsford was in a preseason tournament there. So it's just <laughs> like I just flew all over the country. Uh, Looking for a hockey team, but. And a
0: lot of a lot of direct stuff from Oklahoma City to Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I probably flew to like Dallas
1: and then to Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> so wow,
0: unreal. I didn't yeah. know that. That's yeah. crazy. So well, how well, do you well, how did, how did you that happen? Clearly said an awkward thing. How, how, what happened or what, why the change of heart or what what went on there at the last second? Did your agent come in and say stop? We've got a yeah. better deal, or what was it? I think – so I think I got to the
1: the hotel in Oklahoma City and was supposed to sign an AHL contract the next day at practice. And uh, he must have talked to, to Troy Ward and said, there's a good opportunity here. And I think it was a little bit better AHL contract also.
2: Yeah.
1: And right. And I was just like, yeah. This is hard, but I'm gonna do it. And <laughs> thanks wow. for the offer. But uh, can you take me back to the airport? <laughs> wow,
0: <laughs> that's great. It's like it's well, like you know were... what? Good on him. God bless him that who, he you, was who, was a good enough person to bring you back to the airport. Do you remember
2: than... who 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 was it? Do you remember? No, oh, I wish
1: I did. Again, I, it's I,
0: Bill, Bill Scott. Bill Scott? Yeah, I was gonna say, was it I Bill, mean, Bill Scott it then?
1: It might have been. It would. Can you think of anyone else who would have been?
0: No, I, I can't. I, it's got to be. And Bill, Bill, Bill was probably he kind of looked like Charlie with dark hair, but a little shorter. Right. Yeah, and not as cool the glasses and yeah clearly clearly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. wow well yeah. that's that that's that's, well, that's not him because he amazing you know you you everybody made fun of the Gerard Gallant had to get a had to get a cab after he got fired in Florida right like <laughs> yeah like like that that could you know there would have been. It would have been totally justified if you would have had to get a cab.
1: Yeah. Good luck. You're on your own. <laughs> See ya.
0: That's, that's really a great story. That, uh for many reasons. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah that yeah, is. And it, and it was, it was a good choice. Uh, it worked out, you know. Um, Were you married it, yet? No, but we had, we had been together for a while. So, so where did you meet your wife?
2: In school in, in Madison at, at Wisconsin. Okay, because she's yeah. from Minnesota. Where are you? Is she
1: from Stillwater? She's from Woodbury, Minnesota. Just, oh, what? Wood- uh, yeah, just south of uh,
0: Stillwater.
2: Yeah, a good college friend uh, of mine lives in Woodbury. You probably you, she probably knew him, but
0: uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> so, does she? Does she? Did she travel with you everywhere?
1: Uh, for the most part, uh, during when that was all going on that debacle, uh, she was back in, back in school uh, getting. Uh, like a, I don't know if you call it a degree, but like a two-year program at the Art Institute of in Minnesota for uh, interior design. So right. uh, she moved with me to Manchester for a couple of years and then she moved home for a couple of years. One in Manchester, one in Abbotsford. Abbotsford. So yeah, she didn't have to endure that. that yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then Abbotsford, Ab- Abbotsford, the, the rink was fine. There were so many good things about it, but I can't imagine. I remember talking to Troy uh, when he was coaching, and and by the way, I love Troy Ward. I haven't talked to him in too long. Uh, but Tro- uh, the Admirals were in Hamilton at the same time. Abbotsford was coming into Hamilton, and I met up with Troy at. Remember, in that there's a Sheraton in Hamilton connected to the rink, and it yeah. was also a mall. So you walk through this little mall to get to the hockey rink in Hamilton at the, at uh, the cops.
1: What a a treat that mall is too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's a Tim Hortons in there though. Don't Um, get mugged on your way to the rink. Oh, (laughs) Yeah. uh, That, that might've been the roughest spot in Hamilton, Ontario. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That that indoor walk to the rink. It may have been the the roughest spot. I I was waiting
1: for you You'd like go past the dumpsters and like think, like Shredder from the Ninja Turtles is going to pop up. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. took, it,
0: it took
2: 41 podcasts, Aaron, but we finally got a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reference.
0: Can I tell you, I tell you this too? Uh, across from that hotel was the, uh, the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Was directly right. across from that hotel. Did you know that?
1: No. I wish I so, would have.
0: I've been, I, I'm 99% sure I'm the only American to go to the Canadian Football <laughs> Hall of Fame three times. Yeah, you're but, the only one brave enough to walk over. <laughs> you should sure. very well be. But yeah. I'm pretty sure and one time I had the loveliest conversation with the guy who ran the place. Like he just came out like he was just the shopkeep basically. We talked for about an hour and a half and there was nobody in the place. It was just uh, this guy and I. Yeah, It was wonderful. It, it was <laughs> fantastic but anyway i talked with troy uh, getting back to that at at the bar restaurant one of the bar restaurants that was in that mall and he said the tough thing is is we're gone for two weeks so to get these guys to have a proper diet to get these guys to have proper rest proper exercise and workout equipment at this level it it just doesn't happen so the challenges of playing in abbotsford while it's a lovely community and it's it, it, it would be i tell you what if you were looking for just a nice quiet place that had some things going on. Abbotsford, British Columbia is a fantastic city, but to play American Hockey League at that time when the closest city was maybe Des Moines, uh, yeah. that was a tough thing to do.
1: Yes. Travel was definitely tough. Um, I think it was good that my wife, Lauren, was was back uh, doing her own thing for a year of that at least. Uh, and it was a challenging to your point about everything Troy said he's such an advocate for all of those things yeah Not in a normal location yes. and then to have those challenges of being on the road for two weeks well thank thank god we had him him there to advocate for us and those things because yeah it was, it was still difficult but it could have been a lot worse with someone with maybe a coach or coaches who don't value that stuff that much
0: yeah yeah no doubt so yeah. you must you
2: obviously signed you sent an AHL deal, but then you must you got an NHL deal, a two way
1: deal out of it because you you play games in Calgary. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I said, I I didn't have a great year the the year before going there, but I I was still a good player and I just needed like a fresh start, basically. Right, so new eyes. There. Like the, yeah. the
2: shelf the shelf life on an American Hockey League player is at, at generally at most three years, right? Yeah. Like. At, after three years, there's someone else coming around. After your entry-level deal's over, uh, there's someone else. There's a there's a, night, a, a nice new bright, bright shiny object for, uh, for coaches and general managers to look at. And, exactly. you know, so you, you need new eyes on you, and that's what you did.
1: Yep. Yeah, so I had a good year um, and then signed an NHL deal. I think I signed a two-year contract, uh, two-way and yeah it was up and down a couple times i think i spent like a month up there the first year um played five games or maybe it was a second year it's it's all a blur but right um, yeah had some little opportunity
0: was it daryl sutter the coach
1: yeah he was the coach Uh, for part of the time then uh who came in next hold on i'll Uh, I'll Tough coach. Um oh man. Playfair? No, I had Playfair in Abbotsford in Abbotsford. Yeah. Hold on. Were you on the were were you on the were you on you weren't there
2: for <laughs> the Jim Playfair game?
1: <laughs> no, I missed it, but boy, I, I heard about it and <laughs> and I I am not surprised after playing for him. But he's a pretty intense guy, huh? Oh, uh, sure is. And Thank God he he loved me, and I I was so thankful he liked me because he was ruthless on on some guys, and they probably deserved some of it, but he he let them
0: have it. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at, through um, all, at, while this is going on, um, or while you're in Abbotsford, then comes the call one day that you're being dealt. Was it a surprise that you were traded to Milwaukee, to Nashville and then eventually Milwaukee? Uh, or was it, was it something you were hoping for? Were you looking for a move or how did that go down for you? No, I, it
1: was a complete surprise, uh, but it was good timing and um, uh, such a blessing. Like uh, I got a call. I was, it was a Friday. I, I think it was a weekend it was a game day so I I was about to leave my house at like seven in the morning or something for morning skate and I got a call from Jay Feaster from the the flames and said uh, we're trading you to Nashville and so I packed my I went to the rink for morning skate and Obviously, didn't skate, pack my stuff, and I was on a flight out of Vancouver to go play that night in Milwaukee. So oh. I, wow. was, uh, yeah, I was supposed to play in Abbotsford that day, and instead I was playing for another team. Yeah, that that's night. Fast, yeah, that's how fast it happened. So I think I got into Milwaukee, flew to Chicago, uh, got into Milwaukee at like four o'clock, and went right to the rink and played. <laughs>
0: I was going to say, wow. I don't remember. Yeah, you did. You did play. I, I don't remember. I didn't remember that part, but yes. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that that's, so can you rest on a flight when you know you're going to meet new people and blah, blah, yeah. blah. No, Plus, not a chance. A, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah.
1: Two hour time change. And, um, luckily we had just played in Milwaukee, uh, Abbotsford versus Milwaukee a couple weeks prior I think yeah and of course we went we went out after after the series and ran into ran into the Admirals team and um, actually met a few of the guys and I don't know that was that was like good segue for me I, I felt like I knew a couple of them or just met them so coming into the rink we had a lot like a few laughs right away I think the, the game before when um, L- Lada had like spit water out, at me uh, on the side of the bench uh, <laughs> there was like a couple weird connections where I like, uh, we had like f- friendly banter during the game and after the game and um, it just made it an easy transition. Did, were there any
2: guys on the team, that team that you had known, that you had played with before?
1: Uh, I don't I don't think so. No. I can't. I, not that I recall, no. Yeah. So that's that's
2: got to be an awkward thing. Even though you say, like, guys are welcoming. Hockey guys are nice guys. But just to come into a brand new place, like, especially on a game day, you don't even have a chance to practice. It's just like, get out there and play. And... You know, yeah. luckily, given your game and the way you play, it's not, uh, I don't want to say it's not difficult because I'm sure it is, but you just, you know what you have to do and you can go out, you don't have to rely on other guys to, to be out there. Do you remember who your, your D partner was that first
1: game? I think it might have been uh, Mike Moore.
2: Oh yeah, that was Mike Moore's year, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Right. And then we, we played together a lot. We had a we had a pretty good line there. Me, and Mike Moore, and Lada Van Gilder and Taylor Beck. Yeah, oh, Beck maybe. yeah, Beck wouldn't have played. Uh, I don't think Beck was playing with uh, Lada and, and Van Gilder, but uh, Kevin yeah. Henderson probably. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were. We had a we had a good line. But yeah, a lot of a lot of crazy stories uh, over the years.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's hockey is such a small world that he, everybody everybody knows somebody like everyone's separated by one degree. It seems like like oh hey you, I played here and you know you played there and oh yeah this guy oh he's such an idiot right and then that's sort, yeah. sort of how it how it goes how you how you bond.
1: Yeah, now that you say that, I think I had met Fordo uh, Scott Ford also through uh, Hugh Jessman was on. Um, yeah. In, uh, Abbotsford. in Abbotsford with me and I'd met him uh, through Hugh. So yeah, it's, it's a small world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's far fewer than the six degrees. We I, I talked to Huey oh, probably about a month ago. Oh, that's a good dude, huh? Hugh Jessica? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Good, good guy and fun guy. Just, you know, a lot of big personality, a lot of life,
0: yeah. So a couple years later, when you are appointed captain, um, what does that what does that mean for you when uh, when you get a, a role like that on a team? It's a it's a big deal,
1: and I think that we keep alluding to that. I was a a, a home state guy and um, had a lot of pride playing there, so. It was a it was a big deal, and I I was definitely proud to have that. Um, I think there it's different on every team, but there it's it was voted on by your teammates also. Right. That's always a nice. It's it's great when your coaches pick you as a captain, but it's even better when your teammates do. Um, so that's that's quite an honor, and yeah. Uh, Did you. A uh, big perk of that was I got to uh, throw out the first pitch at a at Brewer's Mil- game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Indeed. Indeed. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, that is cool. Did you throw yeah. a strike?
0: Oh, of course. Yeah, hummed it right in the? Were you on the rubber or were you in front of the mound? Oh, come on. <laughs> 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 of course uh, you were right there. Yeah. Yeah, you know uh, – how stressful is that? Is that was that more stressful than dressing for a playoff game?
1: Yeah, in that short period of time, I would say yeah, it is more
0: stressful. You Spike yourself out, aren't you? You probably you find out, and for two weeks you're out practicing, trying to get your wife to catch <laughs> for you or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, and you, you have everyone sending
1: you bloopers of all these people who have just botched it. You know?
2: <laughs> and not not to mention that beforehand before the game there's always sort of a a little tailgate session and maybe have had a beer or two so you know that probably i can't imagine that helps only, the whole situation
1: oh, I think a beer, a beer or two were, were much needed yeah yeah just to loosen th- loosen you up a little bit <laughs> yeah, on the nerves a bit yeah yeah, yeah. we've had so did, uh,
0: seriously, seriously though who did you who did you have to warm up with did you did you tag tab a guy to go out and play? throw the ball with or what?
1: I think me and Tony Potato were, yeah, we were tailgating and we were throwing the ball a little bit out in the parking lot, but that, that was
0: about it. That's all the training you did for that. Yeah. Well, That's, I played baseball. Like I understand. Nice, I, I, and... I understand. I'm, I'm just saying, Joe, that most people would be, it's a daunting task.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. I'm one, one of those people out there. 30,000 need... people are going to be there watching this. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: I think you get... And if you catch with Tony Boteto, it's probably nonstop Yankees talk or whatever. Oh, so. yeah.
1: For sure. He was probably telling me how bad I was going to mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you yeah, nailed yeah. it. You nailed it. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. Well, you... I'm one of those people that, you know, if you overprepare, that's when you're going to botch it. Right. You know? so... Just be confident and, and kind of wing it, basically. And, yeah, you're going to – Paralysis by analysis, if you will. Exactly.
2: You know, I don't know if this was the year he did this, if he, this is the year he threw out the first pitch, but I do remember distinctly uh, guys playing catch before. We had a guy in the team named Stephen Werner who was uh, 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 from Maryland, if I'm not mistaken, or yeah. Virginia, right, Aaron? And he had had a concussion. He got a concussion playing basketball on uh, – on one of the courts. And anyways, Fordo's playing catch. And I think Fordo's throwing out the first pitch and Fordo airmails one to whoever it is. And guess what happens? Hits Steven Werner in the head. So here's a guy <laughs> that's been out with a concussion and Fordo drills about the head with an overthrow. I, I, I don't remember what happened on Fordo's pitch, but I do remember distinctly that he hit Steven Werner in the head with an overthrow. And then Steven Werner caught a home run ball by the Cubs. We were oh. down in that little, uh, uh what do they call that the uh the landing front,
0: front row whatever it is yeah yeah yeah
2: he he was walking up the steps to go to the bathroom or get a beer or whatever one hop he turns around catches it and I'm pretty sure he threw it back I would have to uh because everyone's yelling throw it back throw it back and I don't you know he didn't care I guess so he throws it back on the uh,
1: uh on and yeah he so didn't it, care he was concussed he didn't even know right? where he, he, did. didn't,
0: he didn't even know where he was we walked around like that for a long time, yeah. 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 Uh, that that year was uh, it 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 started so great and then it ended so poorly in Milwaukee.
2: Your last year. That Fourteen was, fifteen, yeah that, was,
0: yeah. that was a rough finish to that season from Valentine's Day on. That was it, it was not a lot of good things.
1: Yeah, was that was that the year we lost in the playoffs in Austin? No, that was that was the year that we lost. I think we won three games.
0: Didn't make the playoffs didn't make the yeah. playoffs. It went four and twenty-three the rest of the year after Ian White was there and Fordo came in from to join us in Oklahoma City, the uh, from South Carolina. Yeah, and yeah, it,
2: was, it was a
0: lot of. It was Brendan lot
2: of Brendan Leipzig. Uh, that was the year he was traded, and that was yeah. a big. That was a big. Uh, that was a big loss
1: for us that year. Yeah, even though Leipzig yeah, had- was just
2: a rookie, but uh, yeah,
1: yeah, that was tough. Yeah, there was. There were some challenges that year, like the Ian White stuff. and Right. Uh, Rick
2: Bloom was there. Or Dickie was there. And, yeah. Uh, who's, and obviously, he's an interesting character. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the Ian White stuff, that was, uh, that was tough to handle. That was a t- tough situation.
1: Yeah. But I don't know how far we should dive into that. No, we're
2: not going to go too far. No, no, no. We're not going too far with that. But you're the captain of the team. That's a tough, That's tough for you you know, to, to, to a tough situation to be in. To be, you have to be a leader during that time, but it's difficult because things aren't going well on the ice, right? For what, however, it's happening, whether it's – that was the Victor Stahlberg year, too. Um, that, like, you know, you got to – I'm sure you're thinking to yourself, we got to do something here, but nothing's working.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think we're fortunate to have Dean Everson as our coach. Like, he – he handled that stuff so well and he always had a good perspective and he was doing everything he could too and you know he's kind of realistic about things and yeah we never we never quit it was hard uh, but right. yeah you just find a way to get through it and yeah obviously not not the outcome you want but
2: talk talk for a second about dean what what did how did, did you you must have liked playing for Dean what kind of coach was he uh you know and obviously he's now in Minnesota but doing a uh, he's got a full- time NHL job uh, up there
1: yeah I think you hear this you hear this a lot Dean was one of my favorite coaches um, everybody liked him whether you were top defenseman top forward bottom forward whatever wherever you fit in uh like Dean was honest and you know held guys accountable but wasn't overly hard. He treated you like a man and you know demanded you get your job done, but you're a big boy, like you 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 do it how you need to do it. And you know, he was detailed, but he didn't he didn't like pull the reins too hard. He, he had just this like good balance of holding guys accountable, like I said, and letting them play and letting them like letting us kind of govern our ourselves. And as long as we were doing a good job with that, he, he kind of left us alone too. You
2: know, I, you know, one of Dean's mantras just in general was control what you can control. And that's, Everybody says that, but it's very difficult to do. He was the first coach that we had ever had that actually did that. Like, I'd come in and say, hey, we want to do this promotion. We want to do – can we do this before the game? He did – He like, We're, we want to give Joe Pascula his uh, Player of the Month award before the game. Can we do that? We've had coaches who are like, no, can't do it this game. And that was not Dean's style at all. He's like, I, if it doesn't happen during the game, I don't care. And, like, other – other coaches might say to him, "Are you sure you want, like, especially a goalie? Are you sure you want a goalie get an award right before the start of a game?" And he'd be like, "If that guy can't get his mindset right for in the two or three minutes afterwards, after that presentation where he doesn't have to just have to stand there, then I don't want him in net that night anyway." And yeah. uh, I, I got to believe that that was something that you guys felt as players too.
1: Oh, absolutely! I, he was so calm and like collected, and like you said didn't worry about any of that, like that bullshit. Um, like a lot of coaches are micromanaging everything um, and so unnecessary. So yeah, he's, he's just got a great balance to, to the game and his relationship to players and staff and uh, he's,
0: he's one of the best. You've played for some really, really successful and good, good people as coaches. Does, is that, and there's a few other things we want to get to, but I'm just curious, is that something that interests you? I know we talked to Greg Zanin a couple of weeks ago. He's the head coach at Stillwater High School. Like, is, is that something that interests you at any level whatsoever, whether it's the, the youth level or the professional level?
1: i don't think so i i think part of me feels like i i would do it at a high level but i'm not willing to invest the time or years to get to that level and sure. and even at that level i
0: i don't want to put my family through that anymore I've, It's still uncertain isn't it yeah it's
1: the uncertainty and the like for the past 13 years I've been moving like we talked about from the East coast to the West coast to back to the Midwest to overseas Sweden to Finland, you know, like that, that's hard on your family. I'm ready for some stability. Yeah. And you don't get that in many coaching positions, at least not no. at a high level. No, no, especially not at the American league level. That's a, it's a, yeah, a, it's, it's, that's tough. That's really, um, really tough. College, college, Hockey, you can get a little bit more of that, but just depends on where you are, too.
0: Yeah, but on top of that, uh, as you well know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're going to be in Saskatchewan and Alberta, looking at some kids, and and going out to Vancouver to see some uh, to Penticton to see some kid in the BCHL, and then <laughs> hustle back, hustle back to be there for Friday, Saturday yeah. games, or Friday, no, Sunday
1: games in the Big Ten. No, thank you. Yeah, exactly.
2: That, uh, another first for our podcast, a Penticton uh, reference. That, that was good. That's
0: good. Vincent, Rod, does Ron Vincent own a piece of that, I think? I
1: don't know. I, I thought
0: been... he did, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, so you, you mentioned Sweden and, and Finland. Uh, you played a year in San Diego and then overseas to finish your career. Um, easy choice, hard choice to do that? Bitter uh, sweet. I guess you would prefer to stay in the in the U.S. and be close to home.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, my year in San Diego was a tough year for me. I um, had some crazy injuries.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I I had an unreal training camp. The coach at the end of the year, they told me I almost made made the Ducks out of yeah. training yeah. camp. And then I got a high ankle sprain. Then I tore my oblique muscle, was out for like three months, um, oh. got a skate in the face, um, lost the end of my finger, all in one season. Insane. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, so that was kind of the end of my North American career, I guess. And I even, I got called up that year for for a little while and didn't play. I was seventh, seventh defenseman, but That's, that's the bittersweet part of it is I was still a call-up guy. Right. So to make, make the choice to go to Europe and, you know, forego the dream of being a a regular in the NHL, uh, that's, that's done, you know? So. Right. But it was time and we were ready for a new experience. And obviously that's one of the big reasons a lot of guys go to Europe um, you play less games, you get a couple more breaks, get to travel. It, it's pretty, pretty cool, yeah. And is you took
0: it, advantage of that. The what's travel? that? The travel, you took advantage of that.
1: Oh, yeah, we this is every chance we got, you know, we went. I was playing in, in Sweden, we went to uh Oslo. um we went to Portugal, uh, Budapest. Like I can go on and on. It's it's once you're there, it's so easy to hop on a flight. To get, and, to, yeah, once yeah, you're up, it's uh, yeah, it's like traveling in the United States. You know, you can go yeah. to any state you want. Yeah, so that's that's pretty special. What,
2: was your daughter born? Your first daughter born in us uh, in in Sweden or in Finland?
1: Yeah, in Finland. Yeah. So, what, so does that, what does that mean from a citizenship perspective? I think back in the day, she would have been uh, Finnish by being born there. But uh, a number of years ago, they changed it. One of the parents needs to be uh, a Finnish citizenship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because these Scandinavian countries, you pay like insane taxes, like 50%. So, oh, my gosh. But a lot of benefits come with that, you know, like free schooling, free health care, all these all these things that they're not just handing out citizenships to, to kids, you know, right. which makes sense. Right.
2: What when you're over in Europe, what does the uh, what's the language spoken in the locker room? I assume in Sweden it's English, but is is it in Finland as well?
1: It uh, it dep- all depends on your coach. Um, actually, Sweden is probably a tiny bit more fluent in English. Yeah. Oh boy, I don't even know if that's correct because F- Finnish is like one of the hardest languages in the world. It's super difficult to learn, right? And no one else speaks anything similar. Like Sweden is similar to Norwegian and Danish. And so they can communicate with other countries. Mm-hmm. Whereas Finland, they need to learn English if they want to communicate with anyone else. So yeah. they're, they're actually really good at English too. But my Swedish coach, he would only speak in, in Swedish. He was old school. Uh, he was he was a beauty. Uh, I liked him, and but he, uh, yeah, he would rarely speak English. And which so you, rare. Just, so you
2: sat next to a Swedish guy who would then translate for you.
1: Yeah, and, and in Finland too, a lot of times they would they would speak in Finnish, and uh, usually a coach would sit by you, just uh, like an assistant coach. Sure. make translate or, or players but yeah to be honest it's it's awesome you you get the message and you get to leave <laughs> out all the, the all the stuff. all the bad words <laughs> yeah all, you get like all the fluff is gone you just yeah. get to go play right yeah it's pretty nice
0: did you get are you recognized when you play for these teams how is the fandom over there
1: uh, yeah, I think so. They, they like having uh, their imports, and especially, I mean, the few NHL games I played, I, I think that draws some attention. But what was the import rule? Do you remember how many could you have? Hmm. I don't know if Sweden and Finland have an import rule. I mean, I, I'm looking at these rosters.
2: There's not a lot of Joe Pascuals out there, right? Yeah. There's a lot of uh, double O's and uh, double well, U's. No, like, and
1: in other countries, there's import rules because there's not as m- much talent. There's not as many grown. good players, yeah. Homegrown talent. In Sweden and Finland is not a problem because some of these teams don't even have North Americans right. because they don't, they don't, they need don't them. feel like they need them or want them. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: And sometimes they're the best teams, to be honest. So,
0: yeah. So what, to call it a career, and, and, and move on in your life? Um, What was that the plan all along that this was going to be the year or did circumstances uh, demand that this would be it? Or did you say, you know what, I've had enough? Uh, You know, they always talk about, uh, I always hear from athletes like at the big, big, big stage, right? I didn't want to work out anymore. And that's when I knew I needed to, to hang it up, that kind of stuff. I mean, what was it for you?
1: It was a bit of circumstance, um, a lot of just it being the right time. Uh, Definitely, definitely not that I didn't want to work out anymore or didn't have the drive. I, I had a good year last year. Our, Our team didn't do that well, but I, I felt great, but my wife and I have been talking about this for a couple of years, um, kind of putting things in motion back here at home, like my networking to, to figure out what's next after hockey and um, having our second daughter just like six weeks ago. So um,
0: it's, it's nice been getting harder and harder.
1: That. What's it's, that?
0: It's nice to be home for that.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's harder and harder to leave for nine months every year yeah. uh, going to Europe and missing family and friends and, family and friends missing like your your little kids growing up you know right so it's nice to um, grandparents to
2: see their grandkids yeah or more co- and just cousins. coming over to visit
1: for like a week you know yeah. yeah it's it's tough but then you come home and you have covid and you don't visit each other anyway <laughs> <laughs> right
0: That's exactly right
1: yeah. i haven't seen my brother in like over a year it's it's insane, you know, because yeah. we we're gone for nine months, and then COVID. Uh, it's it's where does your bro- where does your brother live? Uh, in between Warsaw and Stevens Point. Okay, what next what did door. you say? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> next door. Next door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we put up a fence. <laughs>
0: that's right. Yeah, yeah that's uh, good. That's wild
1: good. times, but yeah, circumstance is a big big one too just needing needing to be home in the stability and for my wife to get a chance to focus on her business too and yeah it's it's definitely very bittersweet um as I was looking for what's next I, I was still talking to coach Fordo there like asking if he needed a defenseman next year and, <laughs> you know I, I don't think it ever would have happened on my end or his but yeah but luckily i i landed like an awesome job um in the middle of covid and um yeah it's all worked out and the timing has been good
0: you know i'm curious at this time like yourself and, and others who are in your position if the way the world is at this point because of the pandemic if that helps the cause helps you ease from like right now you'd be in three days into training camp normally or, or a week into training camp had you had, had you know. still been playing hockey or if you're playing in Europe, you were there for a month now. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering if this kind of, and maybe it's not fair to ask right now because it, it is too soon for you, but, but, but I'm just curious if, if you have any thoughts on that.
1: I think COVID situation has helped in a f- little ways like that, that, that a lot of guys aren't playing right now. Yeah but where it's hurt me is I'm not playing and I'm not getting to enjoy all the things that you have have waited 13 years to do again. Enjoy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I grew up uh, like hunting and um, I don't know, stuff like when our season got canceled, uh, so I didn't even, get to play my last hockey games. I was expected to play like last right. last game of the season was canceled. Uh, playoffs were canceled. So it was just like, bam, it's over. And then usually you go on a little team trip with the, the team out of the team fund, which is a great time, kind of great closure. Then you go on a family trip before you head back to the U S like all that was done. Um, and you come home and, you don't get to really enjoy a summer like you expect. And right. especially when I know I am i want to start a new career, a uh, new job, and you hope to kind of bask in it for a little while before you do something new. And yeah, you just, Can't.
0: you're hunkered down. You're like a, ba- a Band-Aid, yeah. yeah. How, quickly, how quickly did you have to get out of uh, Finland?
1: Uh, pretty quick. We... I don't even know. It was like less than a week after our last game. Uh, I don't remember how fast it went down, but I I know that the next day they were closing the borders in Finland. So
0: wow. we
1: we actually had two flights canceled that we were supposed to get out on. and We finally got another one, and I think we could have left the next day even if the borders were closed. But even more flights were canceled then because. It's hard to fill planes when you don't have fins leaving. You know,
0: are you are you on your own to get out get out of town, or does the team help take care of the situation? You're
1: pretty much on your own. They they reimburse you for sure. your costs. But they don't. They,
0: they're they're not your travel agent. They're just going to give you a check. Yeah.
1: No, and and they would help you, but it's easier to manage it yourself especially when you have a family and right. a dog and all these logistics you know like they they helped us uh facilitate a ride to the airport with like someone who could take all of our stuff but yeah, that was it that was it wow yeah that's crazy and then uh to add to it, flew into the epicenter of COVID at the time, New York or City. Guardia or whatever, yeah. Because there was a limited number of airports that you could fly into, and then I had to drive. My wife and daughter flew home from New York, and I had to drive our dog halfway across the country because we couldn't get him on a flight. No kidding. <laughs> oh
0: my god! Yeah.
1: Really? Yeah.
2: So you had to rent a car. Yeah. Did you know that going in or was it you got to New York and you're, it's like, oh my God, like you guys got to go and we're,
1: we're doing
2: planes, trains, and automobiles.
1: Well, we knew that before, meaning the day before when we were, we found out we got a, we finally got a flight. flight. Out of Helsinki? Uh, Yeah, out of Helsinki. And just getting to New York and then trying to find flights, you know, we were just like, just get home, whatever it takes, just get to US soil. We'll figure it out
0: yeah
1: right yeah what well, what, what you 'll do for your animals you know
0: yeah how okay.
1: did you
2: drive straight through or did you stay to spend the night somewhere or
1: I spent the night like
2: halfway somewhere found a hotel, but, but even then like there was nobody knew anything about covid really it's like yeah. you, you, it's it was scary like you could oh man geez. you could uh this person coughed here thirteen days ago, and if you touch it then oh. you're getting it for sure like that that was sort of the hysteria that was going
1: on it must have been yeah. a
2: scary finding a hotel room
1: yeah it was it was wild uh yeah just going going through a, like the numerous toll booths even and having to push a button that you know like thousands of people have touched I'm this today fingers yeah, absolutely to absolutely yeah yeah pretty crazy
0: yeah it's yeah. nuts to wrap, to wrap this up here uh, when you think of your time in Milwaukee uh, what do you think of
1: oh, I just think of how <laughs> how much I, I miss the city and miss miss that time uh, It's some of the my fondest years in pro hockey and um, I, don't, I always tell people like you don't know Milwaukee until you live there and you get to know it because you you have to get to know it to find out all the details that make it what it is. And, and you you know when when you were here
2: like you mentioned Fordo, but you you played with some of the some guys like you mentioned Tony too, Tony Batetto and Mark Van de Gilder and guys that like are sort of. Or at least around here that we think of those guys as those are like they generational admirals, right. Yeah,
0: they played a lot of games. They played a lot of games yeah.
2: here. And that doesn't, that doesn't happen, but they sort of committed to Milwaukee and fans loved them. And yeah, things didn't work out that last season, obviously, but like there was uh, fans attached to guys like you. And this is hard workers. I think it's the Milwaukee sort of attitude,
1: right? Yeah. And I think maybe that's part of the reason why, have such a bond with Milwaukee is that that team was really close. And yeah, maybe we went through some tough parts of that one season, but um, there was a lot of guys who were there for a while, like Liambis and like you mentioned, Batetto and Van Gilder, Fordo, um, Zach Budish. Uh, there was, we there was a lot in of Finland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sissons. You know, the list goes on. It was a it was a pretty tight knit group. And that's another thing that's rare in pro hockey to have that kind of camaraderie um, where you don't feel like everyone's out for themselves. Just trying to get to the next step. Uh, There was more of a, a team aspect there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Joe, it's great to see you. It's it's really great to talk to you. Uh, I hope everybody is is healthy and well, and uh, look forward to seeing you hopefully in person uh, sometime in the in the near future.
1: Yeah, likewise, it's it's been great to connect with you guys too. Um, hopefully, I'll, hopefully hockey plays this year for you guys, and maybe I can get down to a game and see you guys that'd be great that'd, that'd be, be great. great
2: we would love All to the- see you the fans would love to see you and uh, it, it would definitely be it would mean that hockey was
0: playing which is even better yeah,
1: yeah. Be agreed
0: a- it's uh, yeah. former Admirals captain Joe Pascula joining us for Charlie Larson I'm Aaron Sims thanks for listening to the Milwaukee Admiral Podcast